All right, welcome to the Quest for Excellence podcast. My name is Jeff Montreal. I'm your host. Uh, this is my eighth episode. I am joined today by Rick Buckles. Rick is a recent friend of mine. We've both met in an online educational platform we're both a part of called Entre Institute. Uh, Rick is a retired military vet with over 20 years of service, and he spent uh, the last seven years of his military career as a recruiter, and then 14 years in uh, the corporate world as a recruiter for some of the top logistical and trucking companies in the country. So, uh, without further ado, Rick, hey uh, Jeff, podcast, thanks for man. having me, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, and as all these have gone, I don't want to waste any time. Hey, uh, let's let's dive right in because I, I, you know, we've just met within the past couple of weeks. Uh, you're, you know, I've been a part of Entra since uh, my birthday in July, the beginning of July. Uh, you know, you've you said you've been around for less than a month, uh, but we'll get into this later. But it seems like you've had uh, quite a bit of an impact, like I have, and you noticed that that impact has turned into action. And you reached out to me. Uh, I made a post recently about, you know, anybody looking to kind of break out of their shell and take a big leap forward if they felt they were ready and wanted to be a part of the podcast or be on the series. And you immediately, within I think a couple of hours, contacted me. So I uh, was excited to get you here. And uh, yeah, let's let's dive right in. I, I I know minimal about you. We had a short conversation earlier today, just as kind of a little bit of prep work and uh, you know just to get to know you a little bit. But I know nothing really about your your early life and you know did a little digging on your facebook page and uh, some of your posts which i do <laughs> want to talk about a couple of those too um, but yeah if you want to give me just a couple of minutes about your early life uh, you know brothers and sisters how you were raised all that kind of stuff your, your upbringing sure well you thank know, you, man. You, you know jeff it's always easy to talk about yourself until somebody asks you to do it right so uh, <laughs> so but anyway no <laughs> yeah, right. i you know i was born in the midwest i was born uh, just in a little town uh, nebraska city which is uh, just south of Omaha, Nebraska. I was born there. Um, my dad was a career military guy right. as well. So he just happened to be overseas when I was born. Um, but uh, so, <clears throat> you know, I, I have, you know, three sisters and a brother. Um, one sister's older and then the rest are all younger. So I'm kind of snuggled to the top of the middle there. Um, but, I, but I'm the oldest guy. And, yeah, um, you know, so we moved around. I mean, back in those days in the military, you, every two or three years, yeah, you moved around. So... We were in a different school every two or three years, yeah. meeting new people, a lot of diversification in terms of, you know, who you were dealing with and, and who you were meeting and where you were doing it at and all those different kinds of things. So, you know, I think I was very fortunate in that, you know, we grew up that way. So we thought that's just the way it was. Um, so being very fortunate to grow up in all different kinds of places, even over in Europe, we spent three years over there with my dad and we got to go to school over there. And so that was a, that was an experience. Um, and then, you know, my dad retired. Um, when I was 16. And so we went back to Nebraska. Um, I did my junior and senior year there. And then, you know, then it was time to make a decision. And I decided that I was going to work for a year and then go to college. And so that's what I did. I worked actually in a, in a, in a, a hog processing plant, um, for a year at the age of 18 years mm. old. Yeah. And, uh, wow. You know, just no thing on that, I don't mean to cut you off, but my dad used to live in, oh, yeah. uh, uh, Sioux city, Iowa and directly on the path going from his place to like you know the downtown that was a processing plant man i, I gotta tell you yeah. just the smell alone i gotta give you props yeah. for doing that for more than a day that's a that, chicken plant up there intense. by the way carry yeah. on though I just, um but i was fortunate though jeff i worked on the cut floor so yeah. you know it was cool in there by the time they got to us they were already you know, in halves and that kind of thing so we i wasn't over in the hot kill floor gotcha. over there so but uh, but yeah, so the so then you know I finished mm -hmm. up that that one year, at the end of the summer, and I you know I stick into my plan, and I said it's time to go to school, and there happened to be a private college right there, so I enrolled. Um, I lasted one semester. Uh, figured out you know I just wasn't ready for that yet. I was still I still had some oats to sow, and you know some things to do and places to see, and so uh, mm -hmm. you know I, I went back uh, into my mom's house, uh, and then over Christmas. Um, I was watching TV one morning and I said, you know what, I'm going to go join the Army Reserves. Uh, my dad was a trucker, so he was out for, you know, when he retired from the military, he became a truck driver. So he was out two or three weeks at a time. So there was no influence from him, never was. He never, you know, tried to put any influence on us, my brother and I or, or my sisters into going into the military. Um, but I went and joined the Reserves and he came home and I told him and he said, I'm proud of you. And uh, went through my training and went to my first drill back home and I said, no, nah, this ain't for me. I went active. I said, I'll do, I'll do active duty for three years. I'll get my college money. I'll come back and I'll finish up. Three years turned into six, so turned into 10. Mm -hmm. And uh, I decided, you know what? 
man, if I can do 10 years, I can do 20. Um, so I did that. And uh, I think one of the best things that ever happened to me, you know, other than, um, you know, my kids that coming through all of that was, you know, getting sent on recruiting duty. Um, a lot of people shun at that in the military because it's probably the toughest job in the military uh, to do. But I got there. I loved mm -hmm. it. I learned a lot about people and about uh, uh, about drive and about excellence and about planning and backwards planning and and um, just you know dealing with people uh, and listening um, to what they're looking for. And that's kind of what we're doing here in our Entre Institute um, teachings. Uh, but then you know I retired at uh, I and then I there was a a major trucking company right there in Omaha who was looking for a recruiter and so. I went and did the recruiting for them for seven years on the road. I just went into truck driving schools across the country and did presentations. And then I became, uh, I took over the team for a while uh, and, and uh, there I am. So yeah, uh, about 21 years of recruiting total. Um, and I love it. And I think I'm going to stop there because, you know, I am a recruiter and I can talk all day. So <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to, <laughs> you know, you just read my mind. I, I got to tell you out, out of the uh, seven prior interviews I've done, that was the most concise amount of information in the shortest amount of time I've got. So you, good job there. You or a recruiter, be a speaker or, even a recruiter. or order. That was great. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, that that was great. And and this ties into, I know you said you were just listening to um, one of my last podcasts, but being able to influence people and like selling yourself and, and, and sales, which from what it sounds like from you, I know recruiters, especially for the military, can have this bit of a stigma like, let me just get my quota. I need to recruit anybody. You know, I know that's not true, and I'll explain what I mean by that. But there can be that stigma behind like recruiting people or, you know, like the MLL, MLM vibe or sales that can be kind of icky. But um, so let me let me share a couple things about what I took away from that. A, because you just mentioned it. I'm former military myself. I was in the Army National Guard. I was 92 Golf. I'll give you a quick story, and I haven't shared this yet on the series, but um, I, I signed up. Long story short, I didn't have the most structured and disciplined upbringing. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. I'm, I'm sure you know what I mean. You know, a parent struggle. I don't blame anything, anybody from my past, but I didn't have the most structure. And I realized, thank God I was smart enough in maybe my mid, mid early 20s, like, oh, I got to do something about this. And uh, I knew the military would be a hard but unavoidable way to fix those foundational problems I had. And it really worked, man. I'm talking about getting up early, finishing your mission, supporting your team, you know, having integrity. That stuff is going to be ingrained in my soul for the rest of my life, right? Um, and full transparency, I wasn't deployed, you know, anything like that. But I realized that the military, it was super important. And it sounds like we took away a lot of the same stuff. And my recruiter, again, I haven't even thought of this in a long time, but uh, such a great guy. I can't even remember his name. I still have his card somewhere in my, my uh, military records, but great guy it was just like how you sound, was really trying to get me to be in the best position I could be in the military, not just recruit me just for the sake of recruiting me. And uh, long story short, I got a 91 of my ASVAB. They wanted to be an officer. I, I didn't want to do that. And through a change in uh, leadership at my RSB, the training facility where you know recruits go to when you're um, getting started, all my records got lost. There was this like month fiasco about me going to OCS training. And I ended up after a while, they, they pretty much said, man, we're so sorry, this is my recruiter. We are so sorry what happened. You know, if you want to not join, you can, or you can, you know, go enlisted and figure out whatever you want to do with that and go that route. So I did. I, you know, I'm a restaurant guy. I was for 20 years and I became a 92 golf, a, a food service specialist and had a lot of great experiences. But my takeaway was my recruiter was such a good, honest dude. And it, it sounds like you're exactly that kind of guy. And, you know, the military is not for everybody. And it super helped me become the man I am now. Uh, so I appreciate what you did. The, the fact that you decided to do that, you know, your last seven years, that's a long time to recruit. That's, you know, some guys do it for a couple of years and get out. So uh, seven years, is, it's quite a bit of time to do that. So, um, I, and look, I've said this multiple times in the series. I'm probably going to say it every time, but I know when you hear this, it might be a little bit awkward, but I appreciate your service um, big time. Yeah, I don't. I feel like we don't hear that enough, even though it might be a little weird to hear. But well, thank uh, you. you know, thanks for your, for your service. service. I really well. appreciate it's it. It's not awkward, not at all. Uh, oh, I appreciate that. And, and one one other takeaway, it kind of involves your dad, and and I really respect this because a lot of times our parents sort of force their will upon us, right? Due to 
um, you know, unfinished business in their life or fears they might have. But it sounds like your dad wasn't like that, probably due to the military partly. But how much of his um, indirect influence, uh, you know, his his work ethic, you know, being a loving uh, and caring father, all that, how much did that tie into, you know, maybe looking back, tying to you joining? I know when you said, you, when you were watching TV and said, join the reserves and, your dad wasn't a big influence. Well, but how you know, much if you'd really asked me that back then, I would have that. said just what I told you in my intro, really none. I mean, and you can look at that, you know, two ways. Um, yeah. Cause a lot of times if you try, you know, my son came into the military um, and he came to me a month before he graduated hmm. um, because he didn't have a plan, but I never pushed it on him. And I think that's probably because, you know, it wasn't pushed on me. You know, my dad just says, let's, let's go find out what you want to do and do it the right. best you can. Right. Um, but now, in retrospect, looking back, Jeff, I'll tell you, I think his influence uh, is 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 part of why I am who I am, because, you know, I, I mean, I did my stuff. I, I, I did some stuff that was outside the law, not not really bad stuff, but, you know, just growing up stuff um, never got in trouble. But but I did it. You know, it's not, you know, um, but, I you know, I, I didn't I've never smoked, um, I, you know, I just because. I just, you know, people, they say, you know, if you don't start it, you don't have to worry about it. And I took that. I, I hated that. You know, those are things that came from my dad, even though he was a lifelong yeah. smoker, you know. And um, so looking back, his influence, I think, was huge. Um, I can remember going, you know, being around his soldiers when he was in leadership positions and just they would pull me to the side and they'd say, man, you know what? I've been in the Army a long time. And, you know, I was a young teenager at the time. So I, I understood what they were trying to tell me. And they go, your dad is the best leader I've ever been around in the military. And, uh, you know, I was proud, well, um, but at the time, but it, it just didn't sink in then like it does now, you know? So yeah, he, that mm -hmm. his influence, uh, is, is really, really a big part of uh, who I am today. That's powerful stuff, man, to have somebody that you don't even know tell you that. And, uh, this might not seem related, but I'm going to get, uh, real open with you right now at my dad's funeral. I met some people. We we were separated by distance and some of the stuff for a long time. We always stayed in touch. I love my dad forever. But you know, there were some people that I didn't know that approached me at his funeral. They were like, "You," and I'm not going to go into what he was doing, but he was doing some stuff with some animal animal rescue and stuff. I had no idea. Like he even kind of went into debt, being this kind of giving, loving guy. I didn't know any of this until his his damn funeral. So to hear that from somebody else can be really powerful. And you know, when like you said, when you're that young, it might not sink in. But looking back at that now, that even me hearing it from you is like, well, shit, your your dad was a great guy. Just that that statement alone kind of proves it. If you can yeah. influence people and, and they're telling your kids so they want to share, you know, that's that's pretty damn powerful. So anyway, uh, great stuff so far. Um, you know, it sounds like you came from a, a pretty solid background, and uh, you know, especially having siblings. And quick question, this kind of popped in when you mentioned it. How much of an influence was your one older sister? Was she uh, a big part of your life? Um, you guys close still? Well, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting or? question. Um, uh, I'll just make the story short. I didn't know I had an older sister until I was in my 40s. So, yeah. So it was one wow. of those, oh, oh really? Great. Oh, that's cool. Um, it, it was really weird because my older sister um, grew up in the, in the town that we're from. So she, she grew up there. She knew everybody. And we would come back like on vacations, usually in July timeframe. And then, uh, you know, we came back after graduation, my younger brothers and sisters, you know, I, I, I was kind of ahead of them. So I kind of, I wasn't there that long, but they kind of went through the school system there and they would, they would tell my sisters, God, you guys, mm -hmm. you guys look like her and you look like her. And, and they would look at each other and go, yeah, we kind of do do. They kind of do. So you know, you mentioned it. Um, and then, you know, we come to find out she's, she's my half sister, but, uh, there was just, there was just four of us growing up and I was the oldest. Wow. Uh, so it was me, my sister, then my brother, then my younger sister. Um, but we're close now. We're close now. And, gotcha, and she has two oh, boys. One of them is a, is a major in, in the uh, special forces. He wears, he wears a green beret, his name. And, and then, uh, her nice. second one is, uh, is in the, uh, he's full-time, uh, army national guard and, and a bodybuilder. So I'm proud of those guys. We're close. Um, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'm it's, sorry. I gotta say it's something in it's the blood. In the blood. Right? My, my brother-in-law's full, yeah, brother full-time guard that, too. And my brother is still in the air force, uh, 26 years now. Yeah. Oh. And his wife graduated. His wife retired at that 26 years a year. You ago. know, people. Yeah. 
no shit dude I, i'm sorry you know th- this is we're kind of at a crossroads i, I don't want to get too woo woo or even too like scientific crazy shit but there, there's genetics and and genetic history and things like that and you know genetic traits those things are all real so that i mean the, your whole family sounds like that's kind of a in that kind of proves right. it you guys weren't even connected you didn't even know but there were still some similar things that's that's fascinating to me i love that i'm glad i asked that question i knew there was something there about i don't know what the hell it was but i, I said something that's that's fantastic uh anyway so um i want to kind of shift into the next phase of your life uh you know you went right into being a successful recruiter in the military and then you spent 14 years in the logistics and trucking industry as a recruiter. So you can just take the, the, the torch there and talk about how you got inspired to do that. Maybe your first like, you know, person yeah, that got so you into it. I was, how um, I was actually, when I was recruiting, I was actually in Fort Carson, Colorado in the mid nineties when I came down on, you know, when I, I got that, you know, that air quote letter in the mail from the army that says, hey, congratulations, Sergeant, you're gonna be a recruiter, you know? It's like, oh, here we go. And so, uh, you know, I went to school, did my thing. I ended yep. up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And I don't know if you know where that is. It's right outside Spokane, Washington, up in the Panhandle, about 90 miles, about 90 miles from Canada. Um, okay. It's a resort town. And so I didn't even know, um, honestly, Idaho was still a state. And I don't know. <laughs> I'm just joking there. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, hurt anybody's feelings. But um, I'd never been, I'd never been farther west. Yeah, I'd never been farther west in Colorado. So uh, I went out there and I'm like, how am I going to get kids to join the army from a resort town? But when you get there and these kids, they're growing up there, um, you know, they're just like anybody else. It's nothing new to them. I mean, hey, I grew up here. This ain't a big deal. Um, and so, you know, they're ready to go. Uh, and so, you know, we did that and got, got the, the letter in the mail. And, and then um, about three years, about, a, about the year 17, um, I got I, I took over a recruiting station in Coeur d'Alene. I recruited there for, I think, a year and a half. And then I, I did what they call go to the dark side, which is you change your MOS, your job from whatever it was until, you know, to a full time recruiter. And then I took over the station and I was there for four years. I had three years left and um, an, an opportunity to open up in Omaha, Nebraska, which is, you know, home. And so I went to my leadership and I said, hey, I want to go, I want to put in for this slot. And they said, no, you're not leaving. And I said, well, <laughs> it's a, it's, you know, it's a, it's a retirement move. It's taking me home. And they go, oh man. So, so they, you know, long story short, they, they, they let me go. Hmm. Um, and there's a, there's a major trucking company that's based out of Omaha, Nebraska. So I, I retired and I wasn't really sure what I was going to do, but I knew that um, I, I liked recruiting uh, because I had to deal with people and I got to help people and I was good at it. And so uh, a friend of mine told me, hey, I got a friend who runs the recruiters over there. They're looking for a recruiter. So, I, you know, I did the interviewing process and I, I got the job and I spent seven years traveling, doing presentations, recruiting, uh, and then took over the team for uh, after that. Um, so I never thought I was going to go into the following my dad into the army. And I did. And I and I and I never thought I would I would I would make a career of it. And I did. I never thought I would get into the trucking industry after the military like my dad did. But I did. I wasn't a driver like he was. I mean, he was a driver for 25 years after he after he retired from the army. Um, but it's kind of this kind of weird how, you know, there was there was no influence from him, direct influence. But yeah, I just kind of followed in his footsteps. Um, and now I've been in the trucking industry for for all these years since I retired. And um, you know, now I'm living out here in, in in Denver, beautiful beautiful state. I was here, like I said, I was here in the mid 90s when I came down on recruiting duty, and I always told myself. This is where I'm going to end up. And it took me 25 plus years to get back, but I got back about a year and a half ago and I'm loving life. And, you know, I found Entree, uh, Entree Nation on, uh, you know, just looking around for stuff and, and, uh, and I got on board and then, you know, you're a big contributor to uh, a lot of the, uh, the content and social media out there. And that's kind of how I noticed you. Um, and then when you put out, uh, you know, that, that, uh, message that you mentioned earlier about hey if you guys are interested i'm like hey i've committed to this let's let me jump in I'm, and i'll reach out to him and if if i can bring value to his podcast and uh you know uh, by people listening to what you know where i came from and how i got to where i am um then hey man let's do it and here we are well a um i'm so happy to hear that you you're you're finding Thank like you. real fulfillment in your life that's amazing and it's interesting that you're, you know, you're, yeah, I really mean that. And it sounds like one of the, uh, this has been a theme and, and it's going to be a theme forever. I guarantee it. But, you know, having good, solid parents is one of the most important things in the world. And also one of the biggest problems when you're not, it just causes, you know, just generational problems. So 
um yeah i'm so happy to hear that and and b you already have added a shit ton of value to my series on the 25 minutes we've already recorded uh so i, I appreciate your transparency you've been very open um and and i i love just how all this has developed and one final thing kind of about your dad you know we don't, i don't think we know as, as kids because this is more of kind of a you know brain chemistry kind of thing from you know zero to ten you're getting hardwired and it changes kind of how that develops you know in those years and those phases but you had a, a really good influence that might not have been there every single day telling you what to do but you knew what was going on you knew what your dad was doing you know the life he was living you know the responsibilities he had and that absolutely was kind of the beginning of the foundation for the rest of your life uh, so like you've shared that i recognize that so that's freaking awesome so i want to hop in um before we talk about entra and the influence that's had on us and um you know just just the whole experience we've had so far i, I want to talk about recruiting in general and it's really kind of why i mentioned sales and i'm going to put to the side the fact that you're not a shyster you're recruiting for the right reasons whether it's being for the military or to find the right kind of employee for the whatever company you're, you're working for so you're a good dude let's get that out the way so we want to have to consider that so when you're in recruiting when you're trying to build your team and find people that are, that are the best fit for your company or whatever your mission your goal your objective is um it's a super important to be a, a good people person has communi communication skills but if you could talk about the step beyond that you know it sounds like and i can tell from uh, you, you know you're very articulate you form your, your sentence as well you have good grammar when you're talking to someone at what point do you realize that either a this might not be the right fit for them um and then you know how do you deal with that or or b where, where do you decide okay this is what this person needs to do you know kind of where's the crossroads of that where have you ever had to be like look man this might not be the right fit for you or whatever mm -hmm. um and then once you do well, find I mean, that, there's, there's different, that those are great questions. Um, there are different ways uh, in the recruiting world. Um, I mean, there's, there's no new tricks in recruiting and you hear that all the time. There's that, you know, it's just, you know, you, got, you steal it from somebody else, right? Um, it's all been done. It's all been said uh, in one way or another. So mm -hmm. you just kind of learn, you go to school, uh, you know, the re you go to recruiting school for six weeks. They don't teach you the stuff that you're talking about that you're asking me about right now. Um, so there's different ways to talk to people. It yeah, depends yeah, on what you're yeah. doing. You know, am I, am I in a mall and am I trying to talk to somebody who's, you know, a young man or young lady who's walking by me, or am I set up in a, in a high school cafeteria where the schools are there, you know, or on a college campus, or am I doing, actually doing an interview in somebody's living room with their parents sitting there, or are they in my office? But so there's different ways to do it, but to, to answer your question, the, the best way, and, and you're taught, you know, how to answer what questions to ask there's a sequence it's like you're in charge of the of the interview but they think they are right so the, the, one of the keys is to make them think that they're running the show right. but they're really not you're right. kind of guiding them through open-ended fact-finding questions right and so there's different ways to talk to them but to, to your to your question how do you know if it might not be right the biggest way to tell is body language um, because a lot of times people are going to take a defensive when yeah. you're asking them about their career, you know, what are they going to do uh, when they graduate from high school? Or what are you going to do when you're, in, you're out of college or, hey, your college money or your board or you know, whatever their situation is, right? They still don't know what they want to do. And so it's 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 fear of the unknown. They don't know what they don't know. So they're going to take the, the path of least resistance and they're just going to say, no, I'm not interested. So you got to be able to, to, to wade through all of that and go, OK, is this person sending me signals just because they're not sure of me and what I'm talking about and what I'm asking of them? Or is this really not a fit for them? Right. And after a while, after a while, you can you can figure it out. And yeah. there, there's a point when you're talking to somebody, whether you're you're prospecting with them or whether you're actually doing an interview where you just kind of you can kind of tell and you just kind of, hey, look, look, man, let me ask you a question. Um, we're, we're, you know, I'm asking you all these questions and I'm getting, I'm offering you all these things. Uh, but if if you can look me in my eye right now and, and tell me, you know, this ain't for me and we're just really we're just wasting our time. Um, that's what I would do. Um, I didn't do it very often, mm -hmm. but there comes, or if you're just prospecting, you just kind of say, all right, man, we'll have a good day. Here's my card. Hey, is there anybody else, you know, who might be interested in what we just talked about, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, if there, if you, if you get that body language and you don't think you can, you can get past it, there's ways to overcome objections, you know, and, um, all those kinds of things. But if you get to that point where it's just not, you know, then you just cut it off. Um, just ask them, ask them straight up, <laughs> you know, gotcha. 
I, I appreciate that explanation because I want to be clear about something too that you, you early on in, in this little segment here you talked about you know leading someone on and, and they really don't know no. I want to be clear with the audience that's yes, not manipulation yes, sir. that's human psychology and human behavior it's not manipulation if you don't embrace no. that and learn that you're screwed yeah you're and I'm glad other you said that Jeff. It's, I'm glad you said not that Jeff, at all I, I don't so, I don't want it to come uh, I, I, off that I, way what you're doing is you're taking somebody who's unsure about something is it you is it is it the product is it their future is it you know right. they're unsure and so again they put up a defensive they take the path of least resistance so all you're doing is 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 trying to get a breakthrough right something that gives them right so and, I'm, I'm trying, trying to, make it to help as clear them understand as what we're to talking about what you're so trying they to can't, say they right? don't have that fear of the unknown and they can open up a little bit so yeah, thank you for breaking that point because if it came off that way that wasn't that wasn't what i was trying to do yeah yeah no no it didn't but like i mentioned earlier when people think about sales or recruiting or that that, that can be the first thing they think of you know it's Right. see underhanded just to get another attack on their board that's not your vibe and that's not what good recruiters and salesmen do so i, I want to just kind of layer that a little bit a lot of what you're talking about and this is uh, kind of the vibe what we're, we're discussing where everything is kind of related in life and business and personal relationship skills and you know having tact and being adaptive and if people don't know what tact is because it's weird I, I, you know i'm not some genius or whatever i know a couple of words but Tact seems to be a word that some people don't know what that means. Basically, tact is getting your message across to someone as smooth and as frictionless as possible. You don't want to have any kind of a, you want them to just receive your message open openly without any kind of misgivings or, or you know, uh, preconceptions of what you're saying. So tact is super important to be a recruiter or to be a, an efficient salesperson. Um, you know, you have to be able to, to, to have that skill. Um, and you mentioned something else, you know, you can recognize when someone due to body language or the way they speak to you or, uh, you know, little cues um, in their behavior, kind of the flip side of that for you more personally, and this is kind of shift into the last bit of the interview here. Um, just as you're able to tell when someone is either BSing you or isn't ready for this path you're presenting to them, how did you know that Jeff Lerner and Atra was uh, the right fit for I you? was first exposed air quote exposed to you <laughs> um on thursdays they do you know the entree <laughs> yeah. training with jeff uh and dan and um and i saw yeah. your your you commenting on what they were saying and i thought well first of all this guy this guy's engaged right he's 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 participating um and then beyond that is what you were saying so this guy knows what he's talking about. He's thinking about what he's talking about before he says it, and he makes sure that it's impactful um, when he says it. And uh, so, you know, that kind of, you know, and then, and of course, Jeff and Dan, I don't know, I can't remember if Dan did, but Je uh, Jeff said your name a couple of times. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, I, uh, last night yeah. uh, on the live, when he was on live, um, he mentioned your name a few times. And, and so, that's what that's what kind of attracted me to you um and then i watched one of your one of your videos well hold on. R r r real quick i want to be clear i, I really meant i didn't mean me i, I don't want to make oh jeff Werner. oh i met oh, gotcha. uh, jeff Werner and entre you know how did you know i thought yeah, you said yeah, it would, yeah. what attracted me to jeff i really appreciate that so much gotcha no gotcha. no the other jeff no i wouldn't do that that's uh, I, I let you were, you were enjoying it jeff you were enjoying it folding that into i will bit, maybe no thank you yeah. so much so let's go back 30 seconds so you know you know what i meant so again just how you can recognize with somebody else that they're the right fit how did you realize that jeff Lerner and entre were the right fit for you in the you know in the very beginning talk about what yep. platform you were yep. on when you saw or, or heard his oh, video yeah. I was or hoping you whatever funnel somebody just, would ask you know, me go this. from there um i was on youtube watching yeah. uh, a video on how to trim a brisket and you know how you know how the you know how the yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and then and and then you know how those the oh, ads pop in right and uh his ad popped in and i started yeah, watching yeah. it normally i'll watch for five or ten seconds and you know uh, usually move on like most people do, but I just kept going and I just kept, I just kept listening and listening and I listened mm -hmm. to the end. And then I thought, you know what, let me give it a shot because I like what this guy has to say. I like his story where he came from. Um, nobody comes out of that and gets to where he is in the, in the, in the, in the, I mean, in a short amount of time, honestly, that he did it. 
and then turns around and says, you know what, I'm, I'm yeah. going to open up myself and I'm going to show other people how to do this. And, you know, to see this guy doing videos at 4.30 in the morning on the way to his gym and, you know, uh, again, I've only, this is my one week anniversary. So, yeah, one week. And no, and oh, uh, so that, you know, yeah. I, I thought it was that a little bit longer. That's said, wild. Hey, you know what? I want to listen to this guy a little bit more. Um, and I ordered his course and watched some videos and um, some of the, and they did some training. And I thought, you know what? This, this, this is for real. And then I, you know, the listening to people in the, in the nation, the Entree Nation, uh, banter back and forth on, on, uh, on Facebook and sharing and, um, and, and the responses that they get a lot of, there's a lot of people that are engaged. People put a response out, a, a message out there and they expect responses and they get them and they're great responses. And so my confidence is growing in, in the program, in the people, um, in, in, in the, in the awesome life that's coming, all those things. That, that's amazing. I, I share your sentiment. I, uh, you know, I, I'm being very careful about, um, you know, not talking about myself or my experience too much, but I feel like it's pertinent because that's what we're talking about. But it's freaking changed my life, dude. It's been since early July. Uh, I've mentioned multiple times in the series. I've quit smoking after struggling for 20 years with that. And I'd like to just stop that right there. Uh, aside from the, you know, early pre-dawn workouts and waking up early every all oh, oh, so much it's just completely changed my life and uh it sounds like you're uh, beginning down that path and and for you and anybody else listening uh you know this is not a, a an entre institute podcast this is my podcast to help people get to the point where they're ready to be that person they've always wanted to be period but it just so happens that Antra and Jeff Lerner were the catalyst for me. And I want to share that because maybe that could be for other people, you know, being an affiliate of Antra and supporting the company. I, I take a lot of pride in that. It's not for publicity or it's really not even for money. Uh, if I can help people either like yourself, which is something like, you, you know, you've got a great history and work ethic and, and, and future ahead of you. But for some other people who don't maybe have some of the, uh, either re-porn or original foundation that we're lucky enough to have. Some people just need some help, man, you know? And, and a lot of times you put away judgment and, and just there to listen to someone and help them out. Even on an, a, a thing like this, if one of the people that are on my podcast, I can, I can help change their perspective, not even including the audience. That's why I'm doing this. So uh, I know Jeff has done that for us. I can tell you hundred percent, keep going with the program. It's amazing. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not making any money off of you or off this at all. I just, uh, I really mean that. Um, and, and let me take that a, a little bit of a step further with, with Antra and, and, and Jeff. I'll ask the question now and then I'll, I'll make a little statement here. I wanted to ask you when you first started talking, because I remember what it was for me when you first saw that first video, when you were <laughs> rocking your brisket, which is hilarious. Talk about ad placement. You know, uh, so it, it, do you remember... I mean, right within the first like five, 10 seconds, because that's the, that's the key moment for that kind of digital hook to get you paying attention, you know? Can you remember what that was? Because for me, and I'm so disgusted by all of the really flashy get rich quick crap out there, even some of the legitimate stuff, the way they present themselves and make their ads, I just instantly scroll through or unfollow or whatever, you know? The first time I ever saw Entre or Jeff I paid attention. It wasn't like, you know, all right, let me give him a shot. It was the first time. And for me, it was, he immediately started talking to me in a normal tone, wasn't flying around his office, looking at all his plaques and being wild. It was just a normal dude talking to me about ways to be successful in a new economy, right? And that just immediately struck me. It wasn't come by my program, come learn these funnels. It was, let me help you you know, be where you want to be. And, and, it, and, you know, six, five months later, whatever, I'm, I'm a thousand percent in. So go back to the initial question. Do you, do you remember what was the first thing that kind of got you uh, like, all right, I, let me I, keep going. Um, yeah. I don't, any I, idea I, that first, shoot, I wish I did. First, um, I, I, go ahead. I don't remember anything that he said that, that hooked me. Um, but I, you know, I think, I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier. You know, after you've been around for a while, especially in 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 a in a in a context of dealing with people for a living, and learning how to lead them and uh, how to read them and all those kinds of things, I think yep. after a while you just kind of know, right? That's like like you asked her. Yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, bo 
your bullshit yeah. meter is highly and, tuned. Yeah, and it's, uh, just and to your point, if that's what you mean. I don't mean to take words these, out of your mouth, but I feel uh, you. I don't want to say I don't want to use the word the S word schemes. Uh, all these oppor- all these opportunities out there to make money, yeah, right? Gurus, right? Um, so I'm very skeptical of those too. I mean, I've been around yeah. for a while, so. Um, I think so. I think it, to answer your question, um, I think what it was was that first of all, he was so young, looking anyway. I really don't know how old he is. I don't know how old he is, but but he's young looking. Okay, so he is. <laughs> yeah. he is okay, so he's forty one. He's, he's forty one. He's a couple years older than me. And he was in a place yeah. that was you know other than good, um, and and he did it himself. I mean. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, right. it's it's in the lessons that we that he talks about. You know, I think it's in lesson number three, where it could be two or three, but where he talks about, you know, how how easy it is now. And and I'm not saying what what we're doing or the journey we're on or how much money we're going to make is doing this is going to be easy. But you know, but 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 you know, t- yeah, it's just simpler now because there's right. it's just much more, more simple technology. Now, right? There's much more access. There's there's people who have done it and are doing it that are now showing you how to do it. Um, I watched uh, the fourth episode today, this morning, and he's he's showing me. He's like, not he's not only just telling me where to go; he's showing me where to go. You know, and I'm just like, this this is for real, yeah, yeah, exciting exciting stuff. It is, and it's funny, man. You're a weekend. I remember the four. I remember damn near every single lesson, and I'm going to go back through and do the blueprint and the everything all over again. Even the awesome life challenge. I highly suggest you do when you get to that point. You're ready for it. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I totally agree, man. Like it's interesting. It sounds like he was just, uh, right. your, your BS meter didn't go off at all. So you gave him a chance, right? I think that's, it's that's the same thing for me. It, there wasn't even a, any kind of tension. It was like, okay, I'll listen to you for a couple of minutes and give you some of my time. I haven't really felt that before. And I've seen, like you said, all this crap before for, you know, the past 10, 20 years, but um, so yeah, totally agree. We're on the same page, and I, I want to kind of focus this entre and then kind of your experience, and then talk about what you want to do. But I want to want to put this out there for anybody listening who is uh, like Rick or myself, who has you know a, a certain set of experience. I was in the restaurant world for 20 years, and you know as a manager, mentor, leader for 10, 15 years, and that was a, a huge part of my life. But for anybody who has a specific set of experiences they've been through and they have some kind of story, you can make that into something that can not only help people, but can provide you with an income. And right, mm-hmm. which could take you weeks. Literally, you could do that right now in five minutes and get a website up and running. So the, right. the learning curve on the front is gone. So there's no excuse there anymore. That used to be what it was in the beginning. I think about some some of the older folks in my life or even like parents and the older generation like technology and oh i just don't know and that's just that being afraid to admit they don't know something and, and fumble as they learn but for anybody looking to start out like the tools are there right so the the, the idea and, and if you're familiar with simon senek who's a big influence on jeff uh he's a book called start with why and and really what the whole vibe is i'm not going to go too much in this dude's book or talk about simon but it's you got to think about your story like why are you doing what you're doing um it's not enough to be able to sell a good product or whatever or have a good idea but why are you doing what you're doing and i think what made us gravitate towards entres just really change people's lives and i know for me it has completely uh, i can just tell you that 100 i've seen let me take that a step further through entre i have inspired other people to take drastic change in their life i, I mentioned this in another podcast and again i to talk about myself too much but it's pertinent uh somebody's mom messaged me like dude i can't believe what you've done for my daughter i, I would like borderline cry when i saw that like, that's the point of all this right and what i'm getting at is take yourself for example right you have some incredible experience you could take either your 20 years in the military right you could take recruiting and all the revolving stuff around that communication and, and you know body laying all that or into the trucking industry and the logistic kind of vibe. you could literally make a course on three or four different subjects on each one of those things either getting into the business tips and tricks best ways to recruit how to find good truckers you know platforms to look on you could literally make a course and there are thousands of think about the trucking industry 
that's one of the biggest industries and the most important, uh, at least in the U.S. for sure, right? Um, and you know, now that I'm mentioning, I'm going to rant here, but I want to—I wrote something down earlier because I want to run this across you and see how you feel about this. Um, this is a big deal, and this is actually uh, a live Jeff did last week. He was really passionate about people understanding this, and there was actually a trucker on the live who was kind of like, "Damn!" So I'm sure you're familiar with. Uh, automation in the trucking industry and how that's developing right now. Of course, with, yeah, certainly. Awesome, good. So, uh, you know, there's already routes that are in place that are unmanned trucks that are having good success. They're very efficient. You know, obviously saving a lot of money and liability, not having to have a human being in a truck. Um, so, if you could talk on that for a bit, if you think that is going to affect the trucking industry faster than truckers think, and how would you, as someone who's in that industry, morph that into something that Ontra can help you uh, stay within that industry or use what you've learned and still have a business post traditional trucking industry? Yeah, certainly. And there's, you know, that's a, that's it's autonomous trucking, you know, autonomous trucks that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they are out there, um, and and they're they're on controlled routes. Um, is it going to affect the business? Certainly. Um, at what point? We're not, we're not really sure. And to what degree, um, we're not really sure either. But uh, I heard a CEO of a major trucking company talk about this to his, you know, to the, to the people in the company, because that is a big, um, especially for drivers. I mean, drivers are the backbone of the company, right? So this is all, mm -hmm. this question always comes from the drivers. And this CEO is very, very, very smart. Young guy. Um, I think he's 48 or 49, young guy, but he, uh, he says, look, it's coming. And he said, but I said, you know, when for sure, we don't know how much, it, when is it going to impact? We don't know how much is it going to impact? We don't know. But he goes, think about this. Computers have been flying airplanes for 30 years, right? They take off automatically. Uh, they, they land automated, but have you ever seen a plane take off without a pilot? Right. So anything can go wrong with technology, right? So it, it may be Jeff, it gets to a certain point where you know, we have a driver in the back in the sleeper and in the sleeper, there's an easy chair, right? Or a captain's chair in the middle where he can, you know, he or she can sit there and monitor the trucks. Kind of like if they just had it, like they had a co-driver, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah, they yeah. was a trainer. Well, they sit over here and they monitor the trainee while that person's driving, right? Um, it might be a situation someday, who knows, uh, where that's the case. Um, just in case something goes wrong, there's a mayday, you know, and all these alarms start going off that you, you know, you can put everything on default and take over. Um, so, yeah, but I, I don't think, you know, in the recruiting world, um, there's always going to be a need uh, for what a recruiter does. Um, is that going to evolve? Sure it is. Um, uh, it, it's going to, I mean, it's changing all the time in these drivers that we're talking of. Now we've got electronic logging going on, you know, most mm -hmm. of the industry is going to admit, uh, automatic transmissions now. Um, you know, there's just so much that these trucks can do. Um, and we sell that. I, I don't like to use that word too much. I like to say we educate with persuasion. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's what we're talking to these potential drivers now about. And that's what they want to know about. And so that's what we're talking about. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. I, I appreciate that answer. That was, that was fascinating because I, you know, I don't know too much about it just from what I've heard through Jeff and, and some reading I've done in the news or whatever, but interesting. Yeah, I, that pilot example is is is, uh, is great. That's so true. You know, I don't think we'll ever be to a point where th there's not one truck on the road with a dude inside of it. I don't think it's ever right. going to happen, right. ever. And, but, but that's interesting because that, that goes along with the theme of what both Jeff and other people in this industry and thought leaders are talking about. Like, we might not eliminate the construction worker, the line worker, the food service guy, but you best believe that AI and technology is going to diminish the workforce to save owners money, period. Like that's going to happen, you know? So uh, it's interesting viewpoint there. I, I like that pile example. It's because you think about it, you're right. We've had technology for how many decades yes. to yeah. get a plane from A to B with nobody up there. But it, yeah, that's, that's interesting. So as any truckers listening <laughs> and you just started down the career path, this should give you some hope. Your, your job's not going to be gone tomorrow. Oh, there's, jo but, uh, just there's job security. I promise you. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and let me piggyback that. I know this. I used to work with some and you know, just uh, the trucking industry is literally the veins of our country that keep us running. Backbone of the that, economy. You know, 
Yes, man. And people don't realize that. And and let me go even a step further than that. Dude, if you guys are on the highway, give your trucker some room and be cool. Let him get on the damn highway. I know Please how frustrating do. that is for truckers. It's so annoying. Like, why do you think they're pissed off at people and they honk and cut you off? Because yeah. they're cut off all day driving a thousand, thousand miles across well, the country. Well, you know, if, so they're, if they're just, driving slow and you get annoyed, right? How? Just think about it this way. How annoyed would you be if you went to put fuel in your vehicle and there wasn't any because the truck didn't get there? Or, or if you went right. if you went to your local grocery store, you know, to get some groceries on and there, there wasn't what you wanted because the truck didn't get there for some reason or wasn't on time or whatever. So realize what these what these drivers are doing um and, and you know to 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 serve our country uh that's yeah, what they're doing oh, yeah. they're serving country in a, in a different way other than in uniform somehow you know but um that's what they do and they are and it's it's a leading indicator for economists on what's happening with the economy i mean it's one of the absolutely you know, if, if trucking slows down the economists know that oh uh oh <laughs> you know we've we've got something going on here and that's one of the leading indicators that economists use to see what is happening with the with the with our economy so yeah give them a break man they're they're bringing that stuff to you know your consumables uh to where they're supposed to be so that they're there when you walk in because you're going to be really really right. annoyed if you walk in and it's not there right think about the toilet paper shortage and I'm kind of time stamping this but during the middle of covid and you know some some state tests and beef and, and and meat shortages and stuff like that was just for a, a blink of an eye you know, truckers go on strike. That could be for months, and that's a big problem. So, no, uh, yeah, we, people need to respect our, the trucking industry more. It's one of those kind of behind the scenes. You know, how often you get to talk to or see a trucker aside from their big ass truck on the road. So, mm -hmm. no, I, I I respect truckers and what they do. And uh, you know, it's this could be another hour pot, you know, hour long podcast in the future talking about people don't appreciate and they feel entitled. They don't understand how they get what they get, all that. But we'll we'll save that for another time. So, all right, so we're coming up on uh, maybe got about five ten minutes left here. Um, I want to, and this might be some, some new stuff that you've been thinking about over this past week or recently, or getting some ideas from this, or, you know, I'm not sure where you're at mentally with, but if you could uh, touch on, if you have any initial ideas of how Entra has inspired you to create a new business or go down a new path or, you know, any initial kind of brainstorming you've had about how you're going to use this new knowledge to either create a business, create a movement you know create an education program sort of agency whatever if you could talk on that for a little bit okay I, I you know I used to tell people moving moving through my career if somebody if somebody said hey what's one word that uh, describes you I, w I say driven because I've been very nice. successful in everything that I've done but I gotta be honest probably you know I'm 55 years old in the in the last probably five years I've lost some of that you know, I, I've lost a lot. I, I, I'm still motivated, but I, I'm not where I what used to be. And, and I think about it all the time. You know, I should be doing this and I'm not, you know, I, I should be doing this and I'm not. Um, you know, all the time in the military, I stayed in really good shape, uh, even afterwards. Um, and I got a little out of shape. And so, you know, this has inspired me to, you know, you know, one one thing that really gets me going is to hear somebody, whether it's Jeff or somebody else um, say, Hey, I got up at four thirty. I got up at five. You know, hmm. um, because yeah. five a.m. is when I get up. But you know, probably in the last, even last year, I you know, I I push that sometimes, and and then my whole day is being rushed. You know, and I just I'm just I never mm -hmm. get I never get situated in my day. And now that I've started doing that again, I I, I find that man, there's there's plenty of time. You know, and you're still getting everything done, and there's plenty of time. And so that's inspired me that way. Um, I will tell you that. Um, I want to be Jesse Singh. Oh my gosh, heck yeah. I mean, his, his, <laughs> I, I saw the bullet today on what he does and it's like, you know, he does this and this and then he chills, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I want, and he's, and, and I can tell you, uh, not to, I'm sorry to cut you off, but uh, me and Jesse communicate, you know, not all the time, but we talk now and again. And, He's still doing the same thing, man. And that was made like a year, year and a half ago. <laughs> He's still, still the same lifestyle. It's nothing has changed. But you know, you know, it's awesome. Carry on. Yeah, it really had, and it really had nothing to do with, with you know, Jeff introducing him to us in that number four lesson. But right, but, right, right. But it's like while he's telling us about Jeff, right, or not Jeff. I'm sorry. While Jeff is telling us about Jesse, I'm thinking mm -hmm. to myself, that's where that's what's been in the back of my mind my whole life, right? But it's just like you know, how do you get there? And God, it's just it's it's you got to trudge through all this stuff, and you know, to get there, and then it works or it doesn't, and you know. But 
with what, what we what we've been handed with entree and you know Jeff's experience uh, man is it so doable um, and you know I'm 55 so I'm older but I'm 55 so I'm still young right yeah hell oh. yeah man dude uh, real quick he, he talked about a story I don't know if you've gotten to this year I don't think so you will but he he coached a 90 year old woman and before she passed which was you know a few years later she was running a successful affiliate marketing campaign and making a ton of extra money for her family and her her legacy Bam. when she was 90. Bam. drive on Amazing. drive on that's what i'm talking about right right so let me mention one thing about what you just said and this is super key for anybody listening because i know because i i've been privileged and maybe smart enough whatever you want to call it to, to or maybe it's just because i'm such a huge introvert and i've overanalyzed myself but when you get to the point where you see something like uh, a Jeff Lerner uh, ad on Facebook or or you hear him talking about getting up in the morning or his accolades. The moment that you can see that and not feel jealous, but find like inspiration, I think at that point, you're ready to dive in. So just freaking go. Like I I know I have, and it sounds like you're about to. Uh, that that w- When you can realize, all right, I-, I need to make a change. Some people call it hitting rock bottom or you know, going through a life change or menopause, what, however you want to characterize it. But when you can reckon, you feel that like, all right, something is right about what this person is doing. Even though a week ago, I might've been like, oh, screw this dude. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. The moment you feel that little flicker, go, 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 go all in, believe in yourself. And and I'm telling you from personal experience, it will change your friggin' life because it has for me by far. Um, so I just want to make that clear because, you know, both me and you have been around the been around the block. Our BS meters are finely tuned, but something about where we're at in our life doesn't matter our age and the and the genuine message that Jeff's putting out there. And let me let me be very macro about this. It doesn't have to be just Jeff Lerner and Antra, right? It, it might be something else. It might be hearing me today. It might be something that Rick has told you guys. It might be some other random mentor. The point is, when you get to the point where you're ready, and that's really what the series is about, to get you there. Not to give you the millionaire secrets or make you millions of dollars, but get you to the point where that's even frigging possible, right? And I feel like due to my own issues and problems I've had and shit that I've dealt with, I can really help people with that. And that wasn't directed at you, but anybody who finds this valuable, I I know I have in my past. And kind of how Jeff is, I'm, I'm starting to understand my value and I'm putting it out there. And it's already starting to make a difference. And Jeff is having, I don't want to talk too much about this, but the growth in this man's company right now is unbelievable. And the fact that I know it's legitimate makes me so proud to be a part of it. I know you just got started, but it's it's pretty phenomenal, man. Since basically during the Rona, the growth has been astronomical and in a very good way. You know, it's it's changing people's lives. So uh, look, we, we got a couple minutes left here. Um, I want to ask you one final question then I'll... Uh, give you a couple minutes to talk about where if people want to connect to you or learn more about what you're doing or even get involved with the trucking industry and connect with you in that way. But th- this this has kind of been a, a interesting question and some people have really found some meat on this or it's hard for them to answer. But if you could look back, right, it sounds like you've been a very driven guy. You've had success. You know, 20 years in the military is a lot, dude. Less than 1% of people that have ever existed join the military. So that, that's, that, that alone is a big thing. But um, you know, if you could look back at any difficult point in your life or for people struggling, you know, any advice for your former self at any point, you know, when you growing up that would get you farther along than you are right now? Is there anything you wish you would have done differently or advice you wish you would have had that you found, you know, maybe this week? Uh, but any any nuggets for people that are struggling or, or looking to take that leap? Um, Man, the first thing I would say is, you know, love yourself. Um, yeah. and you know, um, it's, you shouldn't look at people and say, you know, you know, am I good enough to love them? Are they good enough to love you? Do you love yourself? I, and that may sound a little corny to some people, but you know, but you know no. what, I, that is so key. And I, and I found that probably a couple, you know, a couple, and I think that's part of the, 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 the rut that I found myself in when I, you know, in the last five years was that, you know, I was, um, you know, I was for some, I've always been this confident person. I still am, but I, for some reason, I, it, there was a shift, and uh, and I just started seeing some memes and listening to some people talk about. Look, you know, you gotta love yourself. If you don't love yourself, if you don't think you're mm-hmm. good enough, um, it's, nobody else is, right? And so nobody else is gonna think that. And so I took that to heart, and I go, I gotta get back to being myself. 
you know, I, I got to get back to my world. And that's what I've been doing the last probably two months. And then when I and I think that's probably a reason why somehow, you know, I don't know how how I yep. ended up seeing meeting Jeff Lerner at a on a on a brisket YouTube. But there it, but there it is. Right. You know, <laughs> yep. I mean, everything happens yep. for yep. a reason. And I believe that. Um, oh, yeah. And so and Me so too. here I am. And so I would just say, you know, you're not the only one that gets up at four thirty in the morning to work out. So do it, even though if you hate it. Right. Because after you're done, you're going to love yourself for it. So you're not the only one. There's other people out there. There's a support network. If you can find it, Entra has a great one. Um, but love yourself. Take care of yourself. Do all the right things for yourself. Uh, and then, you know, be that person. Beyond that, be that person that makes somebody else smile today. Oh, dude, you, you're just, you know, just like really hit home there for me big time. Uh, I thought you already did earlier, but what you just said too, it's, I, I made a, a post a long time ago about just one simple act of kindness. It was a part of the, the, the challenge that Jeff put out. And if we all live more like that, man, and, and took how other people, not how they're feeling and offending people. I don't mean the whole PC world, but anytime you interact with someone, try to make them feel better, right? Simple as that. You know that if we all did that more often, we'd be in a much better place. So, dude, I got to tell you, the I'm finding, and this is actually kind of morphing into a little book thing. I don't know, but I, there are these unalienable base bottom line truths that people try to complicate and add layers on. But you, your response to my question was literally the number one starting point for anybody looking to find happiness, and you have to love yourself. Nothing else until that happens will make you happy period i don't care what anybody tells you it's one of the biggest problems you know you can find i think about all the examples you hear of people making a billion dollars and being freaking miserable because they don't love themselves they don't appreciate who they are so that that's the number one thing and i love that you said that it's so true and this is coming from you know a couple of military guys or whatever <laughs> it's the most important yeah. thing right? cool. I totally agree. That's a starting point for anybody's true fulfillment. Uh, so anyway, um, so look, uh, this is up to you. Whatever you want to put out there for where people can connect to you. Um, I had somebody even give their damn phone number and I was like, wow, all right. That's pretty open. <laughs> I probably won't do that. <laughs> no, you don't have to. I was told like, you know, I might edit that out, but hey, uh, this is all open forum. Do what you want to do. So, you know, if it's just a Facebook link or whatever, or, you know, you're, uh, if you have some kind of uh, website where you do your recruiting, just the floor is yours for a minute, man. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, perfect. Well, sir, first of all, I'd like to say, you know, thank you. This has been an experience. Um, I appreciate the opportunity and uh, I look forward to, you know, uh, further connection and communication with you and and uh, and get to meet Jeff someday and uh, and yeah. everybody else, everybody else in the uh, in the Entre Nation. Um, and then for those who are listening, hey, look, if you want to reach out to me, uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, you know, I'll spell my name for you if you want to. Well, I think, I, I, I no. think it'll be on the podcast. So Yeah, well, yeah. I, you know, I should say that, but I'm going to start doing it. I'm glad you said that. Before I even give you the floor, I'm going to start to say, you know, any links we'll get afterwards. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, but go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, anything yeah, yeah. So you can So you can hit me up there uh, on Facebook or I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, all right. So either, you can hit me up in either of those places if, uh, if there's something I can do to help, something that uh, – you know, that I can add value to um, some direction that I may be able to point you uh, just just hit me up and we'll uh, and we'll let's we'll tackle it awesome that sounds great man and and you're open to whatever military questions trucking questions life questions whatever right hey if I can't find an answer I, I'll do the best to help you find it awesome that sounds great well look man this has been you know we're, we're brand new friends I uh, barely know you but now I feel like I, I know a shit ton about you and I call you a really good friend so Thank you yes, for sir. being here. This has Thank been you. great. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, man. I This has been uh, a little bit of a passion project of mine, but I feel like I'm going to be doing this for a long time. Um, well, so, I'll tell you uh, what, you do, you do a great job of leading a conversation. It's People don't realize how hard it is to talk for five minutes, let alone for an hour, or keep some, <laughs> yeah. or, or, or to even keep somebody on, on track. Because, um, you know, when you let somebody talk, they can take it anywhere. Um, and then after that, it's like, okay, now what? But you do a great job of leading... Uh, putting it out there and then and then and then offering up a question uh, so yeah it doesn't seem like we've been talking for an hour <laughs> no not at all I you know I, Jeff says this a lot in his podcast I do the same way I, we could literally sit here for like 10 hours dude I guarantee you and have some some good no. shit to pull out of it so no this has been great I really appreciate what you just said too it means a lot comments like that keep me going and adds fuel to my fire so that's badass I appreciate it you kind so, of have a like, radio voice too dude I, <laughs> <laughs> anytime this comes up I, I have to mention this but 
I've been hearing that since I've been 16 years old. I, I was told, uh, I mentioned this on one other in my podcast. And I was 16 and an old lady told me the same thing. For, I remember it, it was the first time, you know, and, and she was like, oh, you should be in radio. And, uh, now due to, and we'll kind of cap off with this, now due to my newfound confidence, the influence of Jeff and Antra, and me finally believing in myself, use that as a tool to, to get my message out there and help as many people as possible. So again, Rick, it's been awesome. Um, I, you know, maybe we'll do this again. I will tell you one thing. Uh, I'm going to be following up within maybe six months or 12 months with, with my uh, kind of early guests, see how they're doing and how Antra's helped them, how they progress. And I definitely want to have you there. So keep that in mind. All right. All right. And if I, if I, uh, if I get into the podcast world, I'd love to invite you on as well. I'm just let me know when, man. I'll be in my calendar immediately. So I appreciate Roger, that. Roger that. Thank you. Yeah, good deal, brother. We'll talk soon. I appreciate it again. uh, Yeah, thanks a lot. Keep doing what you're doing. All right, man. Drive on. Thank you.